welcome to Cram Bamble, a podcast about nothing in particular. My name is Taz. Where's the energy? <laughs> that was very sort of, hi guys, welcome to the show. I'm conserving my energy and I'll tell you why in a moment. Okay. But before that, guys, we need your help. We need you to ask us ridiculous questions. That would be great. I'd like that. Have you been thinking about the favorite color of ghosts? We want to hear about it. Are you wondering why someone is scratching the inside of your ceiling as you try to sleep at 3 a.m.? We want to know about it. If the chupacabra is exclusively onto goats or maybe he'll randomly have a chicken, why are we scared of him if he's only interested in goats? Is the chupacabra gluten-free? We want to hear about it. (laughs) Hit us up on is our socials. Weird? No, but that is such a weird way to phrase that. Is he gluten-free? As in, Ooh. can I eat the chupacabra? I... <laughs> is he low in gluten? Oh, I thought you were asking if I just assumed the chupacabra's gender. Oh. Ooh, that's all awkward. cryptids are male. We all know that. Re- no. No, no, I know. It's just, you know, it's so breasts. Pendulous Pendulous breasts. That's <laughs> my favorite phrase. The point of this, quote-unquote, low-energy intro is we have some socials. We've got Cram Bamble Kirsten on Instagram. Go check it out. Check out some of the cool posts that Kirsten's throwing up, some visual aids there. We've got a Twitter. It's Cram Bamble. And I think we've spruiked this since the very beginning. We do have an email, crambamblepodcast at gmail.com. Please send us an email. Send us an email. Even if it's just, hi, guys. And then a picture of, I don't know, a foot. I'm okay with that. It's interaction. The bigger the foot. The better. The the hairier the foot. I'm conserving my energy because I'm ready. For? The end. The jelly? No, I don't like jelly. Okay. I've decided I'm ready for the end. I'm conserving my energy. I I only got that the other day. Are you ready for this jelly? Because jelly served as a dessert and that means the meal's over. I was this many years old when I understood that reference. (laughs) Really? Just blown my mind. I'm going to have to... No, no, I made that up. It's not. It's, are you I ready think, for this jelly? I think that might actually be... Well, it probably means something else as well. Yeah. I don't. I can't, I can't imagine what it could I'm possibly mean. I'm going to have to end the podcast there while I reconsider everything in my life because... <laughs> it's like saying, are you ready for this pudding? Because we've finished the meal and it's time to go. That sounds disgusting. <laughs> I think maybe they... There was a brainstorm at some point. They were like, don't, go with, the don't go with pudding. Don't no, go with pudding. Let's stick with jelly. Yeah, let's jelly stick with jelly. stands well. <laughs> Are you ready for this Toblerone? See, that's that's got too many syllables. Where is your bug out bag? Where are you keeping it? The bag that you have all your important supplies for when the end happens, whatever form that comes in, and you need to like. Do you want to know something really sad? Yes. Before I met you, I actually did have one, Mm. and I've only realized in this moment that I've completely abandoned it because I was like, Taz is now my mobile bug out bag. That's a that's high praise. I'll take that. (laughs) I've like I've just gone. Oh yeah, if I'm ever in trouble, Taz will have everything. Now here's here's the question that I've asked myself a few times: Did your bug out bag consist of things that were actually useful? Or cool, old-looking, or movie-style things where you're like, yeah, that'd be useful. No, I'm, I was a single mom, so it was all... You, you don't pack crap. You, you, go. you pack for a necessity. So I had screwdriver, wrench. This is just in my handbag, like that I would carry every day. 
See, that's smart. Mine was all, oh, I bought this brass compass. That looks cool. That's going in the bug out bag. Oh, I reckon if I'd have been like single and alone. Yeah, definitely. Uh, oh, this is a mobile typewriter. Yeah, I'm definitely bringing that. I'm going to have to build one. I'm definitely going to need rope. You always need rope. Mm. I did actually have string and that came in handy a lot of times. That would be very useful, actually. String. Mm. Some like high tensile twine. It yeah. was, it was. And, I, you know, for random things, this is going to say, this is not a, a you know, um, survival thing, but it came in handy so often when it would be like, oh, I don't have any tape, but I need to wrap this present for Jennifer in the office. Duct tape. Okay, so I'm going to put duct tape and WD-40 in my bug out bag because they're the two engineer's tools, apparently. I never you put a liquid in a bag. I don't know why. I've always worried that it would leak. Oh. But, I mean, if the if the liquid is flammable and it gets into your bag, you use it as a giant Molotov cocktail. No, that's not like, the worst idea ever. I'm going to lob my bag with every useful thing I've got, purely because it's been soaked in alcohol. Yeah, but then you'd have, like, balls of twine that are just raging in fire and just throw it at the horde of... Whatever it is. Giant moths. Because I've got like a flame retardant hand and I can reach into the flaming bag and throw flaming protection. You have a flame retardant hand? I need one of those. <laughs> that sounds really useful. Is that like a thing you get when you get a pedicure? I was being facetious. Go, oh. I thought it was something they offered. No, if anything, a pedicure would make you more flammable. Oh, no. You could have flaming nails and attack Oh, with that it. is the coolest thing. You and I went to the same place mentally at exactly the same time because I was like, talons of fire. <laughs> yeah. I've been, I've been listening to it. My brain automatically goes to say read, but then I was listening to it and now I have to find it because they pulled it off YouTube. I was listening to Stephen King's Pet Cemetery. Yes. And the one thing out of that whole book so far, I'm only, I think, halfway through it, that has stuck with me. Is that you'll find that these things stay with you? Stephen King books stay with you. Judd, the old man, his name's Judd. Mm-hmm. That he sparks the match with his thumbnail. I'm oh. fascinated by the fact that he has those old striker matches and he lights it with his thumbnail. Yeah, and I'm like, I want to learn how to do you know that. How freaking dangerous they were! They used to light against each other in the pop in the box. Yeah, and that's why they separated them in the matchbooks yeah. for motels and stuff, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Phosphorus, I think, was the original one. I owned a Zippo lighter once. And I, I didn't use it for, like, smoking or anything, but I wanted a Zippo. And I found... It was probably because I bought a cheap one. But the thing that I hated most about it was the fuel would evaporate. And so you'd have to keep pouring more fuel in. Oh, yeah. Because you'd light it, like, three times and go, okay, my excitement of uh, lighting a Zippo has ended. I'll wait four weeks and come back to it. And then the fuel is dried out, so you've got to reapply it. And learning to do it in one strike, open it, and light at the same time. I used to be able to do that. I can... I couldn't do it while opening it. I can open it with one hand. I can strike with one hand, but I can't do the motion in the same movement. Um, I would take it in one hand. Oh, this is great podcasting, guys. Yeah. Take it in one hand and you'd sort of hit it with the other. And, and open you could and strike open at the same it because you'd be hitting it with one part of your hand. Yep. And then you'd twist and strike it at the That's same time. That's impressive. So if you do it quickly enough, you could light it. I'm going to have to buy a zipper and then watch a million YouTube videos on how to do that. Because that kind of <laughs> stuff I could just show me. you because I can do it. <laughs> well, do you have a zipper? No. There you go. No. There you go. Because like you said, they were just so impractical. Mm. I had a big novelty one that someone gave me for what? a birthday present. Yeah. So you know, <laughs> and oh, sorry, podcast again. Um, it's about as big as, I don't know, a novel. Guys, and okay. Encyclopedia Britannica is the size that she's showing me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like you'd, a high school you'd have to take two hands to lift the lid. Oh my off. goodness! So it was like two, three inches wide as well. Yeah, yeah. Huge. And then you'd roll it with your hand, and it would have a flame. Like the that. amount of fuel yeah, you would need you for that—that's a bomb. 
You you light it. Oh, you could light it once. Yeah. I was just saying, like, all you need to do is put a wick through the bottom and then light it and throw it at someone, and it's almost a bomb. That's yeah. how much fuel you would need. But for I just thought, who has gone to the trouble of making this? Zippo it's so impractical. Zippo Corp has. You know, I think it was probably originally like a display. Like we've In got Zippos. Yeah. Here is and our giant like, Zippo. Wait a minute. Does yeah. this work? Let's make it work. Yeah. The flint, the size of the flint you would need for that, unless they just bundle a whole bunch of flints together because it's like the flint tube mm. that goes on the sparking wheel. But would you have, you know, I'm making a circle with two hands, a three inch diameter striking flint. I wouldn't be that wide. One inch maybe. Anyway. But the other point I was going to make as well, because you get a lot of people and I think it's become a very popular thing in the last five years and you see all the memes and quotes about it going, I can't wait for the zombie apocalypse. You know, I just want to destroy zombies and bash them. All the, you know, getting their aggression out. I think feel those people have like a slight level of depression. It's like, oh, I can't wait until society collapses and I can go out and start killing people. Yeah, but they're all going to die. I probably would die as well. I was thinking about it. How quickly... Until disease runs through society. Just rips so through. quickly. Yeah. Because purified water, unless you have water purification systems, the, the you know, the water processing plants would shut down. Everything would shut down after a couple of weeks. There'd be no electricity. Well, that's why they've always got, always got bottled water in the um, movies and stuff. The game that I play Escape from Tarkov, mm-hmm. you go through like the shopping center and loot stuff. And we're always complaining about how the food and water items we want are never on the shelves because the city has been defunct for months. It's been picked clean. There'd be uh, nothing left. Bottled water would be gone straight away. You would yeah, have to start purifying water. Would, yeah. People would be defecating in rivers. People would be getting killed in rivers. Water, it's like stagnant water sources that aren't co- like constantly flowing would be poisoned. Yeah. People would die just from the disease. Yeah, you'd want to go up to the mountains. I remember when I was a kid, my parents used to take me up to the mountains and um, they always said you could drink the water in the stream because it's almost like glacial. It would be from the snow caps. But they were like, don't drink here because the local tribes in the area used to wash their clothes. You have to drink above the washing point. Yeah, so we had to walk quite high up the mountain. And then I, I don't... It was the most incredible tasting water I've ever had in my life. Yeah. And you're thinking, it's water, Kirsten. How good could it taste? It was amazing. Yeah. Cold and sweet. The freshness. So good. The freshest water. Yeah. 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 So you'd have to have that. But I think it'd, it'd very quickly go back to old times where a creek, a, a nice free flowing river, or, you know, if there's a clean lake or pond, these are the things we'd fight and kill over. It'd go back to 2000 years ago. Oh, these guys have a river, let's go kill them and take that river. It had very quickly, for those that survived, degenerating to it is now the primary resource. It would also be re- a really cool way, like an easy way to kill off a bunch yeah. of people is to just poison their river upstream. Yeah, yeah. You just you kill one of their sentries, dump the body in the water, and in a week's time they're all dying from is diphtheria a water source thing? <laughs> I don't no. Know. No. Somebody who knows stuff about stuff. But I don't reply. think a dead body. I mean, it, you'd have you'd be counting on the microbes and like the like you'd want to put you'd want to get diarrhea yourself. When someone dies, though, their body's going to secrete everything. But I mean, how quickly will they wash through? They may wash down depends the river. On, depends on the water source, I suppose. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I don't know. I think you're taking a lot to by chance. You're better off like pooping in the river. All right, I will kill one of the sentries. Dump that at the head of the river, and poop at the same time. Poop on him. Oh, on insult him. to injury. Yeah, that's what you <laughs> get. It's a little, like a raft, like a poop raft. Oh, my goodness. That's what you get, Derek. 
take that. Oh, he'd be so upset. That's my brother, and he shat on him too. They killed Derek. They didn't just kill him. <gasps> Those bastards. <laughs> Those godless fiends. I like it. I've always, I've always told people, and I've had other people tell me the same. The hardware stores, like Bunnings here. Yeah, uh, I don't know the names of hardware stores in America or England, but whatever they are. I think Australia would be an interesting situation for, I don't know, specifically like a zombie apocalypse, but like an apocalyptic situation where that happens and we're cut off from, you know, air travel, sea travel, because we are so isolated in that regard. It'd be a very interesting biome of human insanity. Oh, yeah. Just like Mad Max. Because so many people would try to push inland thinking it'd be safer, not realizing just how hard it would be to live in a inland desert yeah. when you don't have thousands of years of experience of living in that environment. So the indigenous Australians that still live- Come into their own, yeah. They'd be like, yeah, we're fine. Yeah. But these poor, quote unquote, civilized peoples that are pushing out from the cities going, it's too dangerous in the cities when going into the country- because they went on a holiday one week into the snowy mountains and there was a nice log cabin and it was all glorious and they had running water. Very quickly going, we're starving to death. Yeah. There's no running water. Uh-huh. There's no food because we don't know how to catch anything because we're used to buying steaks at Woolworths. Yeah. Also the name of a supermarket here for those that aren't from Australia. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, because we do actually have a lot of international listeners, we've yeah. discovered. I, I give myself a week before... Assuming that I wasn't killed in the original onslaught of whatever happened to cause the destabilization of civilization as we know it in Australia, I think a week max before I started dying, because I just don't have the necessary skills to survive properly without relying on the systems that we've built up. How good would it be? Like, you would just be so happy every day you woke up. You know that whole, like, hippie thing of self-actualization and live in the moment? You so would be there. You'd be like, I lived another day. True. Yes. Don't die today. Don't die today. <laughs> yeah. The Jim Jeffries song. Yeah. I like it. Yeah. It's very, yeah. I've always said that I'd rather live alone, but you would very quickly go, oh, I need someone to be awake to keep watch while I'm sleeping. People that think that they had could live by themselves would very quickly go, I need someone else. It's easier with two, and I think it would be harder with more. Yeah. There's definitely a certain number where, especially if you weren't a pre-existing built group there's always going to be someone or someone's in the group that's like oh we're just going to kill this person off or leave them or steal their resources or whatever it is Mm. very quickly so i think i think the families that a lot of people look at going wow those guys are insanely close and it's weird and disgusting they would probably survive assuming they had the necessary skills or resources beyond people who are like i'm i'm a ronin samurai and i've got some toy swords at home and i'd survive and kill zombies and they would die very quickly but those quote-unquote oddball family units that are very tight-knit, they would have a better chance of surviving because they'd be able to trust each other, assuming they had the necessary skills and resources to continue. Actually, yeah, that's right. Everyone used to pay out Michael and I out. This is my brother. Um, They're like, oh, your family's like the Brady Bunch. How are you guys so close and you're always talking all the time? In that situation, I think we'd be kick-ass because we all know our strengths and weaknesses. It's one of those carryovers where 100 years – maybe not 100 years. Let's say 400 years ago, that kind of family unit had to exist to survive. Yeah. And because nowadays where we have this illusion of self-sufficiency because you've got some money in your wallet. You can go down to – Costco or Woolworths and buy some food. You're all good. Yeah. But very quickly, without those structures that we've created that kind of allow us to isolate ourselves, uh, you'd go, you need someone. 
but because you've kind of isolated yourself, like I'm like that, I don't have that cohesiveness because my family wasn't that way. Mm. So I would very quickly go, oh, I see. I think we're also really lucky the fact that we moved so often because I think we're a very waspy family as well. So if we'd stayed in the same place, I would never have seen my parents, known about them. I would have had a nanny, which I did have when I was young, my brother Mm. and I. We would have known our nanny better than we would have known our parents. Yeah. But because we moved so often from different countries with different cultures. You were all you had. Exactly. We had to rely on each other. And I think that that's what sort of grew. Well, I mean, you'd also have a distinct advantage because your dad is essentially James Bond mixed with Indiana Jones. I think you guys would be fine. My dad is super Your family cool. has a distinctly unfair And he's now advantage. a bionic man. <laughs> there you go. He's got titanium he, knees. He's got those titanium knees. <laughs> It'd be like the scene in iRobot where the robot tries to kill Wilson's character and he puts his arm up. and yeah. the robot arm. Someone's going to try to like sweep the knee with a quarter staff and your dad's going to be like, ping! Nice try, Glurg. And just knee him in the face with metal. That's me kneeing someone in the face, like a ghost person. A ghost, near a ghost person in the face. No, no, as in I was explaining to the- Oh, like ghost people tribe. No. Oh. I was explaining to the people on the podcast. To the audience. Yes. Okay. To the audience that I was, the noises I was making was me. So the ghost people are the audience. I thought thought you were saying he's kneeing a ghost person in the face. I'm like, not sure that's how they work. I'm pretty sure I did say that. Unless- That's not what I meant. Unless before they put in the metal knee- They've had a shaman engrave certain runes oh, on the metal what? so that it has essentially, for D&D listeners out there, it t- counts as a magical weapon so it can hit ethereal enemies. I How kind cool of really that want that now. I think yeah. I'd like to have like a, a bionic arm and hand. Just some, you know, there's some, there's some old Jewish guy who's needed knee replacement, but he's like from the old faith. So they've had like the old secular rabbis come in and engrave like old school Yiddish on his knee so he can actually knee demons and ghosts and stuff. Like Old Testament stuff. You know, there is. No, I don't think I've ever seen the horror movie with the Jewish rabbi comes in to kill the ghost. Well, that's because they've got it so secular and hidden that we don't know about it. Yeah, I guess. Guarantee it. If you are an old rabbi with a Yiddish-inscribed bionic knee, crambamblepodcast at gmail.com. I was just thinking there's never been a horror movie with a rabbi in it. Like, they've even done, like, Buddhist monks. Yeah. In horror movies. but Because they've done a very good job of not Staying under the radar. Because I think the only movie that we've ever seen that's really gone, holy heck, they can be super violent, is Munich with Eric Banner. Yeah. Which was an awesome movie. Yeah. There is, quote me, quote me, internet. There is someone out there who's got super cool inscribed metal parts in their body because they had to replace a knee or a- Okay, yeah, no, that'll grant you. But the idea that it's specifically a rabbi- No, I I think out of all all the old, long-lasting cultures that are fighting supernatural creatures, it's going to be the Jewish people. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Or Islamic. They might have some runes to fight (gasps) jinn. Yeah. Or both. Maybe they have a meetup. Every now and then they meet up. There's an even super subsect that doesn't fight each other. And they go, look, here's the real enemy. The alien overlord lizard people in California. I wonder if they do have, you know how we've got the UN? 
And we've got that global summit. There would have to be, I don't think they would be as uh, polite with each other, but there'd, there'd be groups of people that meet up going, okay, look, here's the big bad. We need to work together. They'd start yelling about previous operations that went bad, but essentially they would go, okay, we need to pull resources on this because there's something he- epic going down. That's my theory. Do you think the bats with the coronavirus... I've got a supernatural element because that's apparently where the coronavirus came from. Was the bats. Let me get my tinfoil hat. Because I was just thinking if there was a secret society and then you were saying, oh, remember when that thing went bad? And I'm like, oh, yeah, Ebola. I mm. bet they were like, mm. that was actually, we, <clears throat> because we've become so modernized, we're calling these diseases, but they're not actually diseases because we can't fight them. There's no nothing to treat them Oh, you them think with. they're hexes? Yeah. Yeah, I think okay. they might be They might be like actual hexes. So, there's some old witch. Mm. They're like, all right, Hagatha. <laughs> it's weird that we've never discovered them and science can't treat them. Like, that just seems very mm. weird. I was thinking about this the other day. Do you remember when they dug up the- I want to say it's a wolf, but it was probably something else from the permafrost in Siberia. Mm. And, like, we found a disease- that's like 150,000 years old, and now we're concerned that if we mess around with it, it'll reintroduce into society. I think that's, I think you're onto something there where you've had old hex masters uh, creating these things to either kill enemies, cull populations, that kind of stuff. Absolutely. 100%. I don't think it specifically came from a bat. I think it was probably just laced in the area where people were eating that because it's a very easy thing to go, hey, Western world that's wigged out by interesting delicacies, it was totally the bats. But it was just, they would have gone in, they would have had no, their plastic forks or something. The and they're full of corona. That's what they told us. That's what they told true, us. True, true, true. Science has to find a reason for everything. And mm-hmm. sometimes they'll make it up just to make it real. Yeah. Like, the thing I wanted to talk about. Okay, sorry, I distracted you with my low energy conversation. And it was really, really distracting. Mm-hmm. I think that's a good tactic, guys, if you're in the business world. Don't be energetic and full of life like I am. Be very quiet. I'm saving my energy for when the siren... Do we have Uh. bomb sirens in Australia? I don't know. Will we ever have an audio warning? Do you mean like in America, uh, England? They always always set up like a bomb. Yeah, they always set up like a bomb siren in the movies when things attack. Okay. Do you want... I've got two things and I'm going to title them so it'll help you. Excellent. I like titles. Major shipping companies hire witches. Okay. Or supernatural matchmaker. I don't like the sound of the second one at all. I want (laughs) shipping companies that hire witches, please. (laughs) All right. So, this is my, I don't know. I heard about a lady. Okay. Mm -hmm. So, I'm going to start from the beginning. Okay. First of all, um, you obviously know about the Titanic. Everybody knows I, it. I know of it. So yes. this this is actually the thought process that went on that got me to this point, right? Okay. Oh, well, I like this. Yes. All right. Paint I heard a on a podcast that well, uh, this is a crazy tinfoil hat conspiracy mm-hmm. is that the reason the Titanic sank is because so many time travelers were time traveling there and it got too heavy and it sank. Oh, I like that. I mean, it's okay. an idea, except. That why would they be going there if it wasn't already a famous ship that got hit by an iceberg? Predestination. But you know what I mean? Yeah. Because then, then that got me thinking. I'm like, there must have been other ships. Why would they pick that one? Mm-hmm. So I went and had a look at, um, I think it's called the White Star Line. 
Okay. So they made the Titanic, but it, they also made two other sister ships. Okay. And At I was the same like, time? so why would all the very similar timing? Gotcha. Okay. Um, within a few years. Ooh. Yep. So I was like, well, why would all the time travelers go to the Titanic mm-hmm. if there were two other sister ships that? Mm-hmm. And then I had a look at them like, oh, they both um, had terrible things happen to them in the space of, wait a minute. Dun, dun, dun. And then, this is even weird. Have you heard of Violet Jessup? No. Which automatically sounds like a witch's name. It, well, yeah. Violet Jessup. It sounds like a code name for something that's being carried on a ship. Well, it is, because oh. Violet Jessup just happened to be on all three ships. Interesting. Yeah. So, she survived the Titanic in 1912. She was on the sister ship, the HMHS Britannic. Oh, in 1916, mm-hmm. and she was also aboard the Olympic, which is the other sister ship, which is the eldest of the three ships, when it collided with a warship in 1911. So, in mm. the space of four years, she was on all three ships when terrible things happened. You notice all three ships end with IC? Yeah, yeah, they normally did that. Oh, thought I found a link. So, there. I was thinking, she's clearly a crazy witch or incredibly unlucky, which is... Because they keep saying whenever I read about it, the luckiest lady on earth. Mm-hmm. She's managed to be on all three ships and survived. And I'm like, yeah, weird, Dad. Do they ever make a pro- uh, make an announcement of her profession or what she does? Yeah, she was a nurse. She's a nurse. Uh. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So who With was- herbs and spells. Mm. Well, who was she accompanying on each ship when things went down? No, she, none. She was hired by the company. But I oh. think that she was a double agent Ooh. because at the same time as the White Star Line, mm-hmm. there was a the- another shipbuilding company mm. called Conrad Shipping. Okay. And they also built the same sort of luxury ships and gotcha. things. And, exactly, and I reckon they hired her to sabotage their ships. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Ah. But what's even weirder is one of the um, – oh, sorry. It was the Cunard line. Did I say Cunard? Conrad. Oh, well, it's Cunard. Oh, Conrad sounded cool, honestly. And they reckon that one of the Cunard's ships, mm. uh, the Lusitania – everyone knows about the Lusitania. I honestly have never heard that name before. Wow. Okay. Um, they uh, hypothesized that it actually started World War II. Oh. Yeah. Intriguing. Yeah. So, the RMS Lusitania was a British ocean liner that was sunk on the 7th of May by a German U-boat, 11 miles off the southern coast of Ireland. The sinking um, presaged the United United States declaration of war on Germany two years later. What the heck? I I thought it was Germans attacking- Presagged? Presaged? I don't know that word. Oh. Where's the word? Above the word Germany. Presaged. I've never seen that word before. No, me neither. I was under the impression that it was Germans dressing up as Polish soldiers attacking Germany at the start of World War II. Well, in the official- Okay, it didn't say start of World War II. This is just when the United States declared- So, that was the the first like, uh, and then Pearl Harbor and America was like, that's it. We're done. We're done. That's it. We're stepping in. But yeah, I think we're still going to sell guns to you, Germany. But now we're involved in the war. But I'm thinking that maybe the White Star Line told the U-boat where mm. the Lusitania was as revenge for Violet Jessup. I want to know this true story about Violet Jessup. I might have to research her. I think there's something to this. She's a nurse. I on think she was. Three ships. I think dun, she dun, was. Dun. I think she was escorting someone or something on the ships. Yeah. Yep. 
Yeah. Ever since that story that I told you about Orang Madan, I'm now convinced, like, moving things like that under the cover of, oh, we've got it. It's a cruise liner for passengers, but they're yeah. really transporting something and something's gone wrong. I can't, and there's also that episode of Fringe, have you seen, if you remember it, where the guy transforms into, like, the giant spiky beast and the plane crashed because he was on board and he had the freak out? I don't remember that, but it's, it's, it's been a really long a time since I awesome watched show. If you guys haven't watched Fringe, go watch it. The first two seasons are amazing, and then, like most sci-fi shows, it goes into its own little theory about all these other things. But the show, it had a very X-Files feel. It was amazing. I think that's why I loved it, because I'm <clears throat> one of the biggest X-Files fans in the world. You do have that book. Is I've it on the shelf here next to me? Here we go. It is, it the is. The Real Science Behind the X-Files. That's what got me into science. Anne Simon, PhD. X- Simon and... X-Files got me into Superstar? science. Yeah, have a read, guys. When I was young. We'll get yeah. we'll get Kirsten to pop a picture of it up on our Instagram. Yeah, will do. This is... Oh, I've lost the dust jacket on this one, though. That's okay. I think dust jackets don't look as cool on those books. Personally, all right. Oh, that's a picture of me. They look cooler <clears throat> without them. <clears throat> you got, so you got two copies of that book, though, don't you? I do have two copies. I have a latest one that's just been released because ah. I thought I'd lost this one. My original. Where's this copy. book from? Magic, witchcraft, and religion. That's when I studied anthropology. Oh wow! I want to read that. That's why I put it on the shelf. Anyway, I shouldn't have been talking away from the microphone. There's a bookcase right to my left, guys, and I got to turn to look at it. It's got some cool stuff on there. Yeah. I think the coolest book on here is Neil Gaiman's North mytho- Norse Mythology. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Anyway, so that was my theory about them hiring I witches. do like it. Mm. Hiring witches, I still don't... It's a very big leap. No, no, I, I'm being an idiot. Like, I mean, that's... Not being an idiot, you just, you just hopefully... Like, yeah. Maybe. I think I just want... I've been following a lot of witch... Gotcha. Um, Instagrams at the moment, so it's really in my brain. I'm like, everything's witches. You, <laughs> you know, like when you watch too much Ancient Aliens. Yep. I don't know if you <laughs> have listened to those particular Joe Rogan podcasts when he has all these boys on, because one of these mates, and I can't remember his name, is like the biggest uh, conspiracy theory nut. He yeah. loves it. I can't remember his name, but he's funny as heck to listen to, because you're like, wow, this is the, the extreme end of the pendulum without being crazy homeless cliche. Yeah. Yeah. And that's our time. That's no way. Minutes. I feel like I haven't even touched that's on anything. 30 minutes. All right, cool. Well, and I, I've still got a truckload for the next episode. Heck yeah. This was a nice little chat. Uh, thank you, people, for listening. Remember, hit up our socials. Don't be a stranger. Say hello. You know, post some pictures. That kind of jazz. Mm, you've got me scared of them posting pictures. <laughs> Don't post inappropriate pictures. Spooky related pictures. And painting a ghost on your doodle does not count. No, that definitely does not count. But it would be pretty funny. (laughs) This has been Cram Bamble. My name's Taz. And I'm Kirsten. And we shall catch you next time. Bye.